Like that last shot, you're never happy about it, guys. You're yeah. never happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> but you choose to do it anyway. Like there's a level of awareness, there's a level of presence to that. There is. And then yeah. I think the next step, the nuanced version of that might be well, why am I choosing to do this thing that I know I'm not going to be happy about? What What's underlying that? What's under the hood? What's under the hood, right? And I think sometimes that's the piece where we're like, we, where perhaps we're not always in a position where we're ready to deal with what we're going to lift the hood up and see. Like we don't maybe have the tools or they, I, I feel that way personally very much. Help Me See is a podcast based in intention, purpose, and heart. Vulnerable, real conversations challenging the norms and empowering you to harness your intentional vision for your purposeful life. Around here, we're not about the small talk. We're unpacking all of the unnecessary crap that we've carried with us for far too long. Some of these episodes are solo style. I like to call them my little audio journal with my innermost thoughts that leave me thinking, am I the only one that feels like this? And then some super inspiring guests having conversations that I truly feel like are needed in today's world. Listen into a new episode every Wednesday and leave inspired by your everyday with a deep piece of knowing that you're not alone and have the innate power to make this life count. Have you ever just felt like you're missing it and you're not even sure what it is? And then all of a sudden you look back at like baby pictures of your kid and you don't even understand where the time went in the most cliche way. That's why I created Nostalgia Now. Imagine if you were able to just activate your nostalgia vision in any given moment and just know that you're really seeing it, that you're really experiencing your good old days now. That's what we do in Nostalgia Now. Nostalgia Now is a monthly membership that is filled with doable, sustainable practices that we'll actually carry with us in our lives. We meet once a month where we connect and make things on purpose, where we actually do something with the photos that just sit on our phone of our precious memories. Join us at the intersection of photographic practice, connecting to your truth, and creative expression so that you can live more of your life on purpose. And because I'm just opening this beautiful community, I have a special offer. If you join with a buddy or a bestie, you get half off. You each get half off your monthly membership fee for the duration for as long as you stay in your membership. So if you buddy up, you both get half off. Have the peace of mind of knowing you'll never have to say, I wish I knew how important that was at the time. Click the link in the show notes or link in bio on Instagram. Find out everything you need to know. Before we get into the show, though, I did want to let you know that I have a really exciting free offer. So I took um, one lesson. So it's lesson 10 out of module four in my uh, five-week online course, Manifest Your Memories. Um, and I've given you access to it. All you have to do is sign up to check it out. It's simple, doable, easy ways to remember your actual life. 
It's called See Nostalgia Now. It is about how you can effortlessly and sustainably capture some really important, intimate, quiet moments of your life. Um, and just reminds you that you do not need to rely on a professional photographer. You don't have to choose between being present and taking the photo. You are the only one that can capture the most precious and intimate and important moments of your life. And I want to gift you this guide. So if you head to the show notes, I will put the link. And when you sign up with your name and email address and request your free access, I will personally enroll you in this free mini course. So go ahead, go to the show notes, click the link, and please let me know. Let me know what you end up taking, what moments you end up saving uh, with one of these super simple super simple ways to document your goodness. Okay, now on with the show. So my friend Megan Moran says that the most unique asset we own is the connections we make to ourself, our peers, and our community. And that that currency actually affords us our dream business and life. So with this at the core, Megan created Connect a much-needed retreat for mompreneurs. And I'm going to be there, and I'm really excited about it. And I wanted to share the info with you in case you would like to join us. It is July 13th to the 15th in Chagrin Falls, Ohio. There are also virtual tickets available, but if you could be there with us in person, that would be so exciting. So this is for mama entrepreneurs who are ready to connect with themselves and others. If you always feel either present or productive, but somehow never both at the same time, (laughs) Megan has two and a half days planned chock full of soulful strategy, strength and support and guilt-free self-care. All of this goodness happening while connecting with people like you that just get it. I'm so excited to be there. And if you're curious about more details and want to join us, head to the show notes and click my special link and you can find all the info there. And then who knows, maybe I'll see you soon. Hello. Hello. Welcome to another episode of help me see. Oh, today's a fun one today. I, (laughs) for this episode, I was laughing out loud multiple times (laughs) while editing it and getting it up. Today we have my friend Kylie Fignano on the show. She is an integrative and functional registered dietitian specializing in digestive and autoimmune health. And she is a hoot and brilliant and so fun. And our conversation took so many twists and turns, but all remaining closely tied to this idea of presence that we've been diving into in the last month. And we'll continue for the next couple of weeks because I still have more amazing guests coming on to talk about it. And, you know, to be honest, I, this was the first like laser focused, like this level of specificity around, um, a theme in the month for this podcast. And I was a little concerned that it might feel limiting in some ways, but holy moly, I feel like the conversations have gone to such diverse places that could have never been planned. And it's all because of this magical word that drives us 
that drives us in life. Because what is the point if we're not present for our lives? What's the point of anything and everything we do? So to hear all of these insanely talented and powerful women talking about the huge and tiny ways that they channel presence into their lives and into their work and you know, what that all looks like. I feel like it's so empowering for all of us to hear because it's just so often we feel like we're not doing it right. It's like, am I missing something? Is this, is this all that there is? Like all of my to-do lists that I have to check off in a day before I'm able to even think about sinking into my life? No, that's not it. That can't be it. I refuse. (laughs) I refuse, (laughs) which is why I'm making it my mission to have these amazing conversations. Kylie and I talked about from uh, life choices, career choices and paths and um, huge traumatic, you know, life events and then digging into her work and how closely Uh, mental conditions and your relationship with yourself and food is so emotional and how it's all tied together with being present to what's really going on inside your body and inside your mind and heart. So this is a really, really good one. I didn't try to cut it down. It's a little bit of a long one, but I, I recommend coming back to it as you can, as you can listen to it because it's a You never know which twist and turn we're going to happen on next in this episode. (laughs) One thing I definitely wanted to bring up, though, before we head into the episode is that during it, um, we go off on a little bit of a tangent about photo taking. And it is actually exactly what I'm teaching my upcoming workshop on, Presence Through Photography. And I'm going to be breaking down how taking a picture actually has the ability to drop you deeper into a moment and understanding how many decisions, creative decisions, emotional decisions, intentional decisions we're making when we take a photo, even if it's just a super casual, shitty snapshot, or if it's something that's a photograph that you're really wanting to make special and take the time to immerse yourself in presence through you're taking up the photo. It is my number one passion point conversation. And if you want to join me live or get the replay link, if you can't make it live, go ahead and go to the show notes. I will provide that link um, in there as, as well as any links to Kylie, if you want to dive deeper into her world, because she is so effing fun (laughs) and amazing to listen to. So without further ado, let's dive into the show. Enjoy. Hello, Kylie. Thank you so much for joining us today on Help Me See. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And because I posted this on social, I might as well share it again here. Um, Kylie was literally an angel. I had canceled on her last minute because of my crazy migraine. And yet we are still here. I'm going to hold it against her for the rest of her life. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, what is she going to say? And then she's like, I said, good for her. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Am I going to be unprofessional? Is she going to think that I'm a bougie bitch because I'm yeah. getting a massage to help my migraine? Yeah. I did. Yeah. I thought all of that. I, I wanted to. You're an <laughs> awful person. I can't believe you. <laughs> I know. I, I wanted to call that out because I mean, this, I just feel like it resonates so much, especially with women of like the bar that we hold ourselves to, like even when, and I know like Kylie and I haven't had a bunch of one-on-one chats, but like, I, I pretty much know Kylie's vibe and knew she was going to be an angel about it. But at the same time, I'm like, do I, do I tell her that I, I have a migraine? Do I sound like I'm complaining? It's like at the end of the day, Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, what? You caused yourself way more. And to your point, don't we all? Don't yeah. we all? But yeah, you caused yourself way more. I gave it exactly two seconds of thought and I responded with, oh my gosh, I hope you're okay. Glad you got a massage. Let me know. <laughs> Moving on. Like, And then I went to do the rest of my work and that was it. So that's for all of us. For Nobody us. cares as much as we think. <laughs> in everything. In and every single thing in our lives, like from business to personal to whatever, no one is thinking into it as much as we are. And if they are, I'm sure they'll also tell you because that type of person tends to be the same person. <laughs> yeah. And if they're that kind of person, you genuinely don't care. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm so excited to have this chat. Kylie is a integrative and functional registered dietitian specializing in digestive and autoimmune health. And before we started rolling, we already went on a tangent about how <laughs> deeply necessary <laughs> Kylie um, and her focus is because ha- who doesn't have an undiagnosed something or other that they knew in their gut something was wrong but everything kept got- getting overlooked and that is just in such a strange way ex- so strongly linked to presence what this is the theme of this podcast and this month how to be present to yourself and to your life and to your needs and where does it end it doesn't end Oh, whoa. That was good. Do you see what just happened there? You just tied that right together, my friend. Yeah, that is good, though. It is. So many of us ignore the thing, the thing, the thing, the thing to the point where we don't really realize we're ignoring it anymore. It is about actually being not present. Which I think sometimes can be easier to identify when you look back. Can sometimes be easier to pick points where you're like, yeah. I chose to ignore that. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you have a little bit of distance from it. Totally. Yeah. 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 But then you look back and you're like, but how did I not see it then? Like I, okay. A little bit separate, but this reminds me, my second kid was a complete surprise, shock, unplanned. And I look back. We love those. I didn't, find, <laughs> I didn't find out until like well past miss period because I wasn't surprised that I was late because I was like vigorously exercising for like the first time in a long time. And I was like, Oh, that's why. But I was eating, like I ate a whole jar of pickles. How cliche could I have been? I was eating a whole jar of pickles by myself. And I'm like talking about, I'm like, pickles are so refreshing. Like, what? There were so many obvious signs that I was pregnant that I totally missed. Bingo. The example of not being present. <laughs> Just thinking that you all of a sudden love pickles. Wow. Also, a pickle is not refreshing. I guess it is. It's so juicy. 
I don't like pickles. I'm not a good person to ask. I actually hate pickles. I hate them. If well, I ever I, got pregnant and I started eating pickles, that would be the know. telltale sign. I would. You would know. But I mean, it's like, I'm weird though, because I don't love dill. Like I don't love the herb dill. Like, I don't either. Wrinkled on my things, but pickles, I don't mind. But I love them it's, when I was pregnant. <laughs> there, there it is, guys. It's not an old wives tale. Be present. Pay attention to the pickle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, okay. Before we get going, because we obviously can talk, um, I want to hear a little bit about your story and your background and what's brought you here today. And then we'll dive into the the goodness, but we need some, some background on you. Kylie. Okay. Okay. So, um, how did I get into this? So I, I knew that I wanted to be in a sort of health-related helping profession, right? And I mean, I think how how many of us kind of relate to that. I want to help people. I think it's a very innate human human thing. So I, I felt that. Uh, I started in physical therapy, decided halfway through my program, that's not what I wanted to do, <laughs> classic, and finished out with a psychology degree was going to go to chiropractic school, got accepted. And like a month before trying, uh, before I was supposed to start, I was on the phone crying to my dad. This is a great example of not being present or, and then being present, just bawling my eyes out about how, how I wasn't sure. I didn't know. I didn't know. I just had that weird, that pit in your stomach where it wasn't like, gosh, the decision to go to chiropractic school would not be a poor life choice, right? Like how rewarding, how wonderful that was on track with the things that I said I wanted to do, right? Help, health, a little outside the box, a little more integrative, right? My dad said to me, I will never forget this. I was sitting at that stupid little desk in that God awful orange room. I remember it clearly. (laughs) It was awful. This is present. This is a moment. Yes, this is a moment. And I remember him saying to me, Kylie, you don't have to go. And I was like, oh, hmm, interesting thought. And in that moment, I just stopped crying and I decided I didn't, I wasn't going to go. And they put my application on hold and I took the year off. And then I went to grad school for nutrition, which was the right thing to do. And, and and so now I'm a dietitian and I have a private practice and I do integrative and functional, like very deep, vulnerable, connected, like work with people. Um, it can be very challenging. You know, it's hard because you're not going in and being handed a sheet of paper and saying, hey, follow this. And even that's hard sometimes, you know, let's be honest. Even that is hard. Food is very emotional, but um, it's very rewarding. Because you get to be a part of a really deep, vulnerable process with people. You and I were just talking about a shared experience of having Hashimoto's and how insane and how failed our experiences made us feel. And to be able to walk on the other side of that with people now, doing things that they've not been taught before, teaching them things that they have never been told to think about, and giving them tools that allow them to show up for themselves in a way that they're totally capable of doing. This is not, the thing is, and the disconnect here is really, they're just not taught. I was taught because that was what I went to school for, right? 
why in the world would other people be taught how to eat to heal an autoimmune disease? Why? It's the same as like saying, I know how to brush my teeth. And just because I know how to brush my teeth and I own teeth, I could do dental surgery. Like this, one does not equal the other, right? And and so anyway, this is how I got to where I am. But that story about my dad telling me, you don't have to go. I think a lot of people have moments like that where they realize, right? And for some people, and I can even point more dramatic ones out in my own life, it's it's way more dramatic. And the damage is way, way, way done by the time you have that moment. But we also, I think most people can reflect on those moments and connect with the sensation of relief that they really feel. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know that I would have been able to put this into words before this particular like themed conversation we're having, but I think that when you do kind of look back at those moments, that's really what it is. It's in that moment, choosing to be aware or present to Mm. what has been festering Mm. for a long time. And I guess festering, gosh, that often is associated with negative things. And I'm talking about something for me that was negative. I think a lot of people have that. Mm -hmm. But I guess it doesn't have to be, right? It could be a festering to make a move in your business, to start a family, to move, to do something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it could... Maybe maybe marinating. It's oh. not it's not festering. Maybe marinating. Maybe marinating. I the like flavor that. sinking in, but maybe you don't end up liking the flavor. I just want to give a round of applause to Papa Bear on Papa Steve. Papa Steve here, guys. Thank you, Papa Steve. And he. Let's be clear. I have three sisters. Okay, there's four of us, no brothers. And my father, bless his soul, has been to every dance recital, oh. every dance competition, has has prayed for somebody to have an ounce of like desire to play a sport. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No avail. (laughs) Just not happening. And he's not the person that you would, that you would expect to like sit down and like look right into your eyes and, and like dig deep with you. Mm -hmm. Like that's not even where he was coming from, Mm -hmm. which, which I think is actually the point, right? He was not coming from some like deep, really introspective place. He was present. He was looking from an outside perspective at the situation. He was listening to me say, I am doing this thing. I'm upset about it for some reason that I don't know. And he was able to see very clearly, then you don't have to choose to do it. And we do this to ourselves. Bianca, I know you and I have both done this. We do this to ourselves and and think that we are trapped. Mm-hmm. We trap our own our own selves into thinking that something has to be. I must do this on a daily basis. I mean, even with things that don't even matter, like I defrosted the chicken. Now I have to have it for dinner. I don't want, you know, like, like I'm not, I don't have time to, I'm not kidding. I know. People, people hearing this are like, yes, yes, I do this yes. too. I know it's a normal thing. It's a normal thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, fuck the chicken. Oh fuck the God. chicken. It's a response. Maybe fuck the steaks tonight. I pulled them out. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs>
<laughs> Who knows what's going to go down for dinner after this? Maybe we're having pasta. <laughs> oh my God. I, so it's so funny as you were talking about that, I have my own Papa Bear moment, but it was like mm. opposite for me in that it made me realize that I had what I had to do. So I went to school. I didn't even go to school out of state. I went to school. It was like three and a half hours from home. And I, we drove, my parents drove to drop me off at college and I ended up with a full body rash. I was so horrified. I'm like, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know. I did. I missed all of like orientation week. Cause I was taking oatmeal baths in my parents' hotel room. <laughs> it was so terrible. And my dad looked at me, my dad is like quintessential overprotective worry wart Italian New York father. Love and him like, already. I love like, him. You don't already. have to stay. You could come home. You don't have to stay. And as he said that to me, I knew I have to stay. Like I'm, I'm gonna choose to stay. Like, but it was like so comforting that he said that, but also it felt very dangerous for me to have, to like accept that level of comfort and just go. And it surprised me that he said that because I remember the same Papa uh, when I was like little in like playing soccer when I lived in New Jersey and it was in winter and it was snowing and it was so cold and I don't want to play. And he's like, you could quit, but you made a commitment and I really don't think you should quit. And I did it. (laughs) So very surprising that he gave me that out, but I didn't take it. But what I'm trying to say here is that what you're hitting on with this outside perspective, sometimes I don't even think it's about someone saying the right thing. I think that sometimes just someone making a comment, I find for myself personally, that sometimes it's easier for me to get clarity when someone says something that's not what I want. It's so much easier for me to to say, no, that's not for me. than when someone says something that is like what I want to hear almost. Yes. I understand exactly what you're saying. Mm. Yeah, because you have a like <clears throat> there's almost a visceral reaction to it that sort of informs, oh, yeah. that's how I feel about that. Well, if that's not it, then it's something else, but that's not it. <laughs> right. Right. I totally I totally relate to that. Yeah. Do you ever get wrapped up in taking too many people's opinions? Mm. about something, especially something that you're feeling really uncertain about, like you actually don't feel like you can connect to your own gut feeling about it. And so then you, you know, I, I like to ask people around me, (laughs) I either really like to, or I'm like, don't talk to me about this. I'm not interested. I don't want your advice. It's Mm -hmm. like one or the other. Do you do that? And then find that you're like, wait a minute, where am I in this now? I don't actually know anything about how I feel. I think that my way of doing that is un, like the, the sourcing, the crowdsourcing thing. I think that I don't realize that I'm crowd surfing or crowd surfing or sourcing. Um, what I'm doing is my, my inclination to be like radically transparent. And sometimes I think it's helpful. And other times I think that I use it as a way to like, um, make other people feel more comfortable to like, really like, no, look, I'm a shit show. Look, <laughs> like, like, Oh, you're impressed by me. Let me show you all the things that's wrong. And I don't yes. think that, I don't think that's bad, but I also think that like, let's find like a balance of what feels good, like own the good as well as be honest about the bad. But 
yeah, this, what you're saying, I think about when I was naming my kids and I, then at some point I couldn't understand if I liked to name more because I was being rebellious about what my mom didn't like. Or <laughs> Totally. You were, I mean, probably right. Sure. Yeah. 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 Cause then you don't even guess because when you're doing that, you're kind of like opening yourself up to not only people's opinions, but like your dynamic with that actual person. So yeah. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Okay. So you're hitting on something for me here. Yes. I, I, I have found in the last few years that I feel like I'm a pretty open person. I don't feel like I am. I'm, I'm a pretty open person. Um, sometimes to a fault, right? And and when I'm sharing things with people, by nature of sharing something, sharing an experience, you bring them in, right? Unless you start that sharing by saying, I don't want an opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking for advice. I just actually want to share this with you. I'm, I'm not interested in what you think about it, which, um, you know, it, it might be worth mentioning. I've not ever said that, <laughs> right? <laughs> So if you don't, if you don't clarify that, then you invite this person in. You can't tell somebody I'm going through this really difficult thing right now, especially somebody who cares about you and not expect them to have an opinion, Mm -hmm. not expect them to kind of like take some stake in it for you because they love you and they care about you. And as a result of that, and gratefully having people around me who love and care about my well-being, all of the opinions mm-hmm. here, here they are. Right. And, and it really is so challenging. I'm curious to see other people. If you feel this way, it's challenging to then find myself in that and to stay present with my own feelings and my reactions and my thoughts about a situation mm. separate from, okay, separate from, to your point, the thoughts and opinions from people coming in combined mm-hmm. with my relationship with those people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think, well, one, I've actually had this conversation before. <laughs> I've heard of that framed in, in talking about relationship, like, you know, partnerships and saying, um, like setting them up for success with the expectation of what you want before you even begin speaking of like, I'm just looking for space to vent. I don't even want to talk about it, but here it is because I've, I've had both reactions when I get frustrated with whatever advice is coming at me, but it's my partner. So I can, I say whatever I want. Yes. And I'm like, yes. Not helpful, not helpful, not helpful. But then when he doesn't say something, I'm like, aren't you going to try to help? <laughs> so there's no- Yes, but everybody just felt seen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, your advice sucks. Or why aren't you giving me advice? I'm not looking for advice. I don't want you to say anything. Hello, did you hear me? (laughs) Are you going to acknowledge me at all? Or am I speaking to the wall? (laughs) Am I speaking to the squat rack? Or are you going to respond to me? Okay, what's going on? Exactly. <laughs> something I do. This is so bad. This is turning into like my worst traits episode. Uh, yeah. 
something he does when I make him uncomfortable is he'll like fake yawn and I call him out. I'm like, that wasn't a real yawn. <laughs> Let me take that one step further. This is my one of my <laughs> top fucking pet peeves. Okay, when people do this. <sighs> Shut up. That is absolutely not necessary. And you're scratching my very soul. Absolutely not. Or when or when they'll sit down and go, ah, no. Mm-mm. No, sir. No. Mm-mm. But no. really I what I need to do though is recognize that if he's fake yawning, it means he's scared or, or <laughs> uncomfortable with me. <laughs> See, my my guy just does it on purpose to hit to annoy me. So oh. you you have you have a reason to like yeah. be mindful of that. Yes, yes. Not ever. Maybe mine is just that he wants attention. <laughs> well, yeah, another cue. Yeah. <laughs> what you were saying though about okay, so it made me think of when you're talking about wanting to wanting to share and like talk about it, but also getting confused with like the feedback that comes from others. It made me think about, and it, it really was more directly tied before. And now I'm all confused because I'm talking about big yawns, but what it made me think about is my rationale about um, taking photos uh, because I think sometimes we get mixed up in. Um, I believe that, our photo taking is like a visual diary of ourselves, mm. And I think that sometimes we can get really mixed up in thinking about if we're taking a photo of something, it means that we're open to posting it or it's something positive or it's something to remember. And like why, like sometimes I'll offer to take photos of something that's like a really hard time for someone or if someone's in hospice or whatever, and they'll say mm. like, why would I want to remember this? But I'm like, it's not all about the photos that you want framed or the photos that you're going to like put up for comments on social media. Sometimes it's like, I'm sure that you can relate to this. It's that when you're wanting to speak it out loud, I think that, I think that someone can say, well, if you're talking to me, why wouldn't you want my response? But sometimes you just need to say it out loud to hear yourself talking about it. Because when you're having to say out loud something, it's forcing you to like, put it together in a way that you can't in your mind. And if you really are talking to yourself at a, you know, or a wall, you're going to feel crazy. So you do need another human <laughs> yeah. to do this. No, so, I think you're completely right. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing yourself out loud. It's just different. I'm going to, uh, recently somebody shared this with me where she realized that, uh, she was passing somebody on the street who was looked like she was talking to herself. And then she realized that this person had headphones in and that she was clearly just on the phone. And it made her realize that whether she was talking to somebody or not, if she was just going for a walk and had headphones in, she could have a conversation with herself about the things that she just needed to say out loud to get out of her body, to get out of her head, to hear herself speak, to be able to have a response to. I mean, I have conversations with other people by myself daily. Mm. 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 That is for another health professional to discuss. However, nonetheless, I think it was... I, (laughs) I, I think... I think the idea of allowing that to be so cathartic mm. and get, and that tool of just 
put headphones on. Nobody is going to assume you're talking to yourself. They'll think yeah. that you're on the phone. And but yeah. but then you can kind of like move yourself from point A to point B or you know, point Y to Z, depending on where you are in this, right? So yeah. Yeah. so I, I think that's interesting because you're right. There is something important about being able to acknowledge everything that's going on for you in a moment, even if the end goal is to be able to let it go, specifically if the end goal is to be able to let it go. You know, I I think that it takes a lot of practice, a lot like years or decades of practice to being to be able to separate you from what you're experiencing, like, right. Like your true being separating from the thing that this like body might be experiencing, right. This is a thing. This is what they, they, this is a meditation thing. It's, it's taught this, but, but I don't know what that's like. Like, this isn't even a new concept to me and I have no idea how to go about doing it. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes I get these glimpses of it. So in the meantime, Right. There has to be a way to approach that. There has to be a way to get there. And so if we're talking about the idea of trying to let go of something that feels uncomfortable, which you and I have had a lot of shared conversations about, then yeah, talking out loud and looking like a crazy person just might need to be on the list. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because this is how you can go decades of your life. Um, not, this is why I, I believe that starting a business is like personal growth on steroids is because you are forced to write the words and to speak the things that you've glazed over your whole life. I can't even tell you how shocked I was. Not that I was like super ignorant or naive about like, oh, I really have it together, but I really thought. I was more aware and aligned with myself than I was. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I relate to that so much. I relate to that so much. I think that's incredible to be able to say, Mm -hmm. because I think once you kind of have this breakdown, I mean, you can't have a breakdown without growth. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you just stay where you were. And and Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. 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 Um, yeah, that's interesting to hear you say. I well, I really also of like how quickly I can write off, or in the past I would not anymore. Um, like journal prompts, or like someone saying like we'll write about this, and it's like, well, I kind of want to skip this question because I already like I know I know what I think about that. But when they're like, no, write for five minutes, but like the whole five minutes, don't stop writing, and you force yourself to keep going, you're like, well what the fuck is coming out of me right now? Like you just, I read the question. I was like, Oh, I got, I know what this is. I don't need to write. This is a waste of time. Okay, fine. Sure. I'll write for five minutes. And then by minute three and a half, you're like, what? I, I think what? that was in there. Yeah. <laughs> and like coming back to this idea of being present, I think a question that goes along with that is how do you manage to do that? Mm-hmm. And I, and what does it look like? What does it feel like? And I, I think the answer to that is very, very, very different all the time. And I think sometimes it can happen like that. And a lot of times it takes a process, whether it's a five-minute journal writing or like three months of falling apart 
to be able to really come to this very clear, centered conclusion about something. Mm. Yes. And then it clear and centered, I feel like can feel so elusive, but it's anything but elusive when you feel it. When you come to it, it's like, ah. So, okay. So totally. the question here, let's see, uh, half an hour in, the question that I wanted to ask you uh, <laughs> is, can you, well, actually, you did talk about this with that moment with your father with the orange room, but like, let's, let's pull back and think, okay, what comes to your mind when I ask you to talk about a moment where you felt like laser present, like full body, mind, soul present in your life. Can you describe a moment where you felt like that? Yeah, I can actually. <clears throat> I actually, okay. I'm going to, can I share two? One is shorter. One is longer. So there was a moment, and this might be the first time that I remember saying to myself, don't ever forget this moment. I, it was the first time that I had left the country. I had done a summer study abroad in Italy and I didn't know anybody else. Like I was just alone. I wasn't alone. I was with people, but I didn't know anybody. And we were ending our trip and we were in Venice and we were on a boat. That's the only way you get places in in Venice. We were on this like little, little boat and I was standing there by myself and my hand was like on the rail of the boat and the sun was starting to set. I could cry just thinking about it sun was starting to set and it was just rippling on the water in this, this way that, you know, you probably see it at the beach or at a lake or like, you know, in a puddle after a rainstorm, you know, it it didn't have to be in Venice. It just was. And in that moment, I remember feeling like this, this is a special moment. This is a special moment. And I have no idea what we did after that. I have no idea what we did before it, but that isolated moment, whenever, you know, when you have these like uh, guided meditations and they'll say, go to a place where you feel safe and happy, right? Like, fuck me, what? (laughs) But I often go to that spot because it, it was a moment of complete and utter awareness, at least to the extent that I was capable of at that time in my life. And it was calm and quiet. I don't remember. I could have been the only person on the boat. It was that kind of dialed in. It's beautiful. Absolutely. And like also visually just stunning. Goosebumps. And I also love that you were alone, like for all intents and purposes, you were alone. It was a you moment. And it just, oh my God. I just, I felt it. (sighs) And when you said, it's so funny you said this, because this is how I, how I talk about what I feel about photo taking and like your photo habit is the word this. I think everyone knows, like you can try to flower it up in any way. And like, but just you say this, 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 and that's that's it. Like of everything of all of the crazy, like, Oh, read the classic novels and I'm going to journal my ass off and I'm going to met, but like, this everyone knows what that is this yeah Yeah. no you're completely right you're absolutely I'm so glad that you connected with that because I I think that is sometimes that's just the best that you've got because to say anything else would somehow take away from that yeah yeah I know I'm with you I'm with you I know it's been a rough day for you (laughs) (laughs) but how do you see and that's the thing now I'm curious to hear your longer one but like 
I like that is what I'm forever probably the whole reason of this my whole business and like this and my obsession with photography is like pull, how do we get ourselves to those moments more like wow. that's available to us at all times like okay something that I said that this reminded me of um have you ever watched uh, I'll cry I'm about to cry have you ever watched about time no okay oh my god tell so me it's anyway. this tell like time traveling movie where it's Rachel McAdams is in it and I'm like I like I could marry <laughs> her um, <laughs> and then I forget the other dude of course I forget everyone else in the movie but um anyway yes. so it's this moment in time where he him and his dad they they can time travel it's like the thing with the men in the family and anyway obviously she's pregnant and in time travel world that means that you can't go back because it won't be the same like whatever you can't go back anymore so he's saying goodbye to his dad for the last time because his dad's whatever (gasps) anyway um so have this moment and i talk about this in my first this is not a weird plug like this is literally it just fortuitous that this is like what's making me think of i talk about this in my first ever master class i ever did trying to get people to understand what i feel about intentionally photographing moments and how it pulls you deeper into it so in the scene they are just he's like is there anything i can do or is there anything you want to do before you know as this is their last time together um anyway and they go back to like a time where they're like just walking on the beach and he's like five and you know so it's just precious. <laughs> but like they look at each other and they hug and they or they look at each other and he goes my son and he just looks at me and he goes my dad <laughs> why are you doing this to us today <laughs> but i can't you have to watch the movie but like this is terrible like, why are you doing this? <laughs> Also, <laughs> but like this is this is what I'm saying is that like that moment is available to us, and I know we'd be psychopaths if we had them like all day. <laughs> but like the fact that like no one knows when it's you rarely know when it's the last time, and like just that richness, like that richness mm. that they experience in that moment together, is available to us all the time and i know that we don't always want it either and it's you know there's a reason why things are special but at the same time like i believe that we can have them so much more often than we allow ourselves to have them and the and like the fact that they knew and they just looked at each other and all they needed to say was my son and my dad and also the moment they chose to go back to for their last time together was just them just walking on the beach a casual day like that's also you would never know that like if you could like while he they were having that moment they could never know that in 50 40 years whatever that that's the moment they would choose to go back to as their last one totally such a mind fuck and it's just so and i use photography in it because like that's like an excuse it's a tool to like pull you into the moment but it doesn't even need to be that it just oh boy i i think that you're, I think this is such an interesting thought because it is available. There was nothing special about that moment. Yes, I was in Italy. Yes, it was like a summer abroad, blah, blah, blah. But like, like I said, that moment could have happened in a puddle on like the street out here, right? And I think it is interesting. I think 
we get in our own way of allowing those moments to happen more often. This is interesting timing. I just yesterday saw or read or watched something that said something to the effect of we are always one conversation, one stranger, one phone call, one email away from our next miracle. I think that was their words, right? So you could fill that in with one blah, blah, blah away from our next whatever, mm-hmm. like whatever. Uh, and I just thought like that realization, the fact that that is true, right? Whether you want to believe it or not, doesn't change that it's true. <laughs> right? A fact is the fact Although the, the whether or not you want to believe in it and think about your existence in that way does inform how often it can happen, right? Do, do you, am I making Am I connecting dots here? Does that make sense? So yes. I do think that we get in our way from being able to have these yeah. really connected, really present, really grounded and centered moments that feel really, really big and memorable and monumentous, even though there's, it's nothing special. It was water in the sun. We see it every day, right? It was nothing really special. And so that's interesting. I'm going to take that from this conversation and just think about, you know, how, how can we create, how can we allow moments like that to, to bubble up more often? Because I don't really think it's about creating them. I think they're just there. They happen that you can choose to allow what's going on to be those moments. Mm-hmm. Because I know I get in my way. I don't remember, mm-hmm. like, I don't have moments like that a ton, a ton. Um, I mean, I can think of a, of a handful, right? I think most people probably can, but it's not like, yep, here's my moment. Every single day of the week, I wrote it down because it was so memorable, right? To your point, like, you'd kind of feel insane, but... It's just an interesting thing. And I think that's an interesting thought that you brought up. Yeah. And yeah. I'd also, and of course, devil's advocate. I don't think that it's even healthy to put the pressure on yourself to do it. But what, what you were saying about just like allowing it to bubble up, like Mm. just making yourself available to it happening like what you were saying about how you whether you believe it or not mm-hmm. it is so yes like yeah right totally whether, whether you choose to <laughs> minimize the fact that we're on a pebble floating through a black abyss and <laughs> you so happen to be here like it that's what's actual that's that that's is fact whether like regardless don't give me a panic attack if I think about it. So I yeah, won't don't do it. I just got over a migraine. Don't do it. That's, <laughs> that is true. So whether or not you make yourself available to like, well, this thing I really want, this miracle in, in my mind could happen. It's probably way more likely than the fact that you're even here. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so tell me, what's, what's your other moment? What's your other moment? So the other moment is, and I think the reason it comes up is because I I think it's a nod to how this can also be true. um, This idea of trying to be present or mindful and like having that quiet knowing can also happen outside of some like pristine, seemingly perfect little scenario, like being on a boat in Venice, right? 
Uh, and I had this moment actually hmm, a few years ago. Um, I was getting divorced and I, I, there was a long period of time, felt really long period of time where I was not, you know, like I had learned information. It had really changed things. You know, some people would have been like, fuck you, I'm out. Uh, and that just wasn't my experience. And I remember feeling the worst sensation of being untethered simply because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I wanted to try to make this work or if I wanted to like go into this complete black of unknownness at, and, you know, as I was simultaneously like completely falling apart and feeling like I've totally lost my entire life. Um, and I remember the moment where I realized I can choose in this moment, in this scenario, to do nothing. And choosing to do nothing is actually a choice. And that is an active decision. It's an active choice. It's, it's not a lack of action, nothing. It is, I am actionably choosing not to make a choice right now because I can't. I'm not capable of doing it in a way that makes me feel like I'm going to land on the right choice for the right reasons. And, and in that moment, things shifted tremendously. And I had to stay in that spot for a very long time as well, but it was really powerful. And I think I know that I am not alone in that. Maybe the particulars are surrounding it even that I don't think are really that unique, to be honest with you. I think people find themselves in shitty situations like that often. However, I think, um, you know, we can find a quietness in choosing to do nothing. And when the, when it comes to making decisions about relationships, jobs, children, health-related things, whatever, being able to find that quiet place of choosing nothing for now I really, I experienced so much perceived power in that spot for myself. Like it felt like I was empowering myself, almost like I was giving myself permission to say like, it's cool. You don't have to know what to do right now. And for now, your choice can be nothing. And it gave me something to be able to say, right? Because they're at this point where everybody was involved. People knew, like they all had their opinions. They were all saying like, this is what you should do. <laughs> and, and to be able to say in return with a mindful sense of being present for your experience, I'm choosing to do nothing felt like a very legit answer as opposed to saying, I don't know what I want to do. I feel so lost. You know what I mean? And, and, um, you know, it's not really a different answer. It's not really a different answer, but it, it is, it's a different lens and it mattered. It mattered. It mattered. Oh my God. I have full body goosebumps again. That is so exactly powerful. That is so powerful. It, more powerful than choosing something right off the bat. I mean, especially if that's not what you are, you don't have like a gut feeling. You're like, I, I can't sense myself right now. So I'm choosing 
to do nothing. That I is- can't sense myself right now. That, yeah. that, yes, yes. totally. Much. That's it. And I know that is not a unique experience to me. Mm. I know all of us have felt that at some point. I can't connect to myself. I don't know what I need. I don't know what I want. I don't know what the best decision is. You know, with some perspective, you look back and you're like, actually, you did know. You always knew you shouldn't have been there in the first place. And you always knew. And this was a whole symptom of like this other thing. And now it's time to deal with that. Right. Like, mm-hmm. right. We, we do this to ourselves. And I mean, mm-hmm. gosh, doesn't that connect to this idea of like, how long are we going to ignore things that mm. some part of our deep selves knows? Mm-hmm. And and I'm going to say it this way too. I don't think that it's always a matter of ignoring those things. I don't think it's always a matter of ignoring them. I think sometimes. I think a lot of the time we don't have the tools or the experiences or the ability to be able to deal with it and make some sort of decision around that thing, whatever it might be for each of us. So allowing ourselves access to that would be fruitless. Like what would be the point? Mm. I do really think that. It's making me think about um, something that I, (laughs) of course it made me feel better. It justified myself, but um, in a let in a more, um, hmm, functional way and less like less emotional. I, th- I learned about something, oh, God, what is the word? I can't remember, but it was basically like purposeful procrastination. It's like, you think that you're putting something off, um, just because you're being lazy, not lazy, but like, you know, you tell yourself, Oh, I just keep putting it off. But something inside you is like, marinating again with the word uh like for a reason like and it, it could be business it could be like there are certain times where like i'll mark an email as unread and i'm like why aren't i getting back to that person it's like i just there's something that's not ready to and it's not that i'm just like oh i don't have time or whatever but i don't even know i don't have the tools to like understand i'm like why am i putting this off right now and then something else will happen i'm like and the pieces all of a sudden click together i'm like okay now like not allowing yourself to be pressured by the 24-hour typical whatever to make a decision right um but yeah like a mindful procrastination and like the wisdom of being still when when you don't feel confident that the next choice that you make is going to be the right one um (laughs) i was actually in the last episode when i was talking to angela um she's in the mastermind with us um she was talking about how she had talked to a chiropractor or someone because she was like, yeah, I, she was talking about a physical issue she was having and how, when I take a class, I feel like I'm in a totally different class because I'm not able to do the moves. And her, her instructor is like, that's called wisdom. That's what knowing that's being in tune with yourself and physically knowing I shouldn't do that. Like, it's not that like, Oh, I'm not able to do that move. It's that I'm, I'm, I know that I should not be doing that. It's being present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. It's being, wait, I think it's two things. I think before you're being present, you have to be capable of, 
And I think in like in the roundabout way, that's what we're both saying here. It's like, there's a difference between being able, capable of being present in a given situation and also choosing it. Because I think there are also a lot of, a lot of uh, moments where anybody could be like, yeah, I know that I could be more present in this moment and I'm choosing to like scroll on my phone. Like that's not a hard one. That's not a hard one. Mm -hmm. Or, or in this example, I could choose to ignore the pain that I have when I do this move, or I am choosing to ignore the pain that I have when I do this move. Um, I don't even argue like in a weird way that is almost being present. You're just making a decision. Yeah. You're making a decision because you're aware of something. I I would say maybe it's a, maybe if there are steps of being present, that's on the bottom. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Because then you have to start thinking like, if I'm doing something that I know is not good, right? Like that's a, that's a thing to do. Like you could make decisions that are not great for you because you're just not paying attention and you're not present. You're not aware. Then you could be present, be aware and know that you're doing something that you're not going to be happy about. Like that last shot, you're never happy about it, guys. You're never happy about it. (laughs) But you choose to do it anyway. Like there's a level of awareness, there's a level of presence to that. There is. And then I think the next step, the nuanced version of that might be, well, why am I choosing to do this thing that I know I'm not going to be happy about? What, what's underlying that? What's under the hood? What's under the hood, right? And I think sometimes that's the piece where we're like, me, where perhaps we're not always in a position where we're ready to deal with what we're going to lift the hood up and see. Like we don't maybe have the tools or they, I, I feel that way personally very much. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's a cop out. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's way more, um, sophisticated than a cop out though <laughs> yeah because there is that there is the whole like uh, i'm doing i know that i'm doing something that's not for me but like i want to i'm choosing to experience this i want to experience this yeah and i think that there are times where you know i don't even know that yeah maybe we don't have the tools to figure out what's under the hood but also it's just like you don't want to deal with it. Like, like when you said I'm choosing to scroll and, you know, instead of being present, I, I use as an example of um, being present to like what I want and my needs. Like the other night when my kids are in the bathtub and like, who knows how often they're going to be able to do that. Like, and they're so cute. And I knew it was like heartbreakingly cute, but I still was like, you know what? I'm going to go let him handle this. I'm going to go scroll on the bed because I needed to numb out. I just wanted to. And that's what I needed. And that's what I did, you know? So knowing, I think that our tendency to make things good and bad, and this is the right, and this is the wrong, like being present to myself instead of being present to my kids is totally right as well. I think you hit a super important thing there because the same thing being done in two different ways is categorized in two different ways, right? Like you could scroll on your phone, not even thinking about it. Like maybe you're not being present or you could choose to say, I have 10 minutes while the kids are in the tub. I'm going to go do this thing for myself. And just because it happens to be the same thing, it's a totally different situation. I love that. I love that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I also wanted to mention, like, so something about what you were saying about taking pictures, even if it's about an event, for example, that might not be happy or might not be something that people traditionally would want to remember. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. I think that's really important. We have, I remember, so my, my sister was attacked by two Rottweiler dogs when she was five. I was there, I was seven. And it was like, like her entire scalp was torn off. Her carotid arteries were, were both exposed. She had like her ear was bitten off. It was very, very, very traumatic and dramatic. Uh, And so when she got to the hospital, my mother was taking pictures and everybody was kind of like, what the hell is wrong with you woman? Like your daughter is dying and you want to take pictures. And, and she was of, uh, you know, of the same mindset here where she was like, my daughter's not dying. This is something that happened to her in her life. This is something that is happening to my family. And I don't know that she would have necessarily had the wherewithal to use these words at the time, but this is certainly where it was coming from. Right. And now every year on the anniversary of this thing that happened to our family, that imprinted the way in which our family, you know, existed every year we go back and we have these things to look at and to see this is really fucking terrible, awful, awful, life-changing event. Thank God we have something to go to. Thank mm-hmm. God we have something to look back on, to connect with, to help us remember so that we can continue to, you know, this is a thing that you, the healing is continuous, right? You just like shit keeps coming up that you don't even know about. Right. And, and to have those moments, I, I'm, what a cool thing that you're able to offer people to be able to hold space. That's some, those events deserve space to be held in the same way that like a sweet 16 does, right? Just because it's not happy doesn't mean that it's not um, impactful. That's really what it is. It's impactful events Mm -hmm. more so than happy or celebratory. Oh my God. Oh, yes. Yes. It's like the, this is the way I say it is that these breadcrumbs, these photographs, they're breadcrumbs. And they, you don't have to look at them, but knowing they're there are these like little balls of like comfort and healing and opportunity really. Cause who knows if it's going to be comforting or healing for you, totally. but they, they are there. They exist. Like it reminds me of when I took uh, selfies of when I was like at my worst in postpartum depression mm. and like looking at the photos that I took that were, you know, when I put makeup on and like smile with my new baby, make me incredibly uncomfortable because I see myself faking it. But when I look at those pictures of me where I look like complete shit and I was literally didn't even, it was the worst I've ever felt in my life. I feel such compassion for myself that I've never experienced looking at myself feeling compassion before until I look at those photos. And then I'm able to understand how far I've come. And it's like these little book, it's like bookmarks. It's like, okay, whoa, that was a previous, that was a life of mine. That was a version of me. And I'm, I can see how far I am from it and I can have compassion for myself. It's like insane. Wow. 
That is incredible. And it's like, it's a, it's a tool in a way that provides an opportunity to be able to tap into something new, not tap into that experience necessarily, but the new thing that comes as a result of not being in that place anymore. or a new version of what you might feel if you still are in that place, right? Like Mm -hmm. it, I just, I never really thought about photos or pictures from that sense. Um, but when you were saying that, I, that memory popped into my head immediately. And I thought, well, that is just true. That's just fucking true right there. Your mom's impulse to, to like her honoring that impulse in such a, you know, in spite of like fear of being judged or whatever, like that was her way, not only of like for the future looking back, but like processing an event in real time. Like I remember when my beloved dog um, died and I, I mean, it was literally, it is the worst thing that's ever happened to me thus far. And he, we not only did I like snap, I couldn't look at his face afterwards, but I took photos like, before he's wheeled away I've never looked at them again I don't want to look at them again I don't know when or if I will like in fact when I'm going through my scroll on my camera when I get to that month I like close my eyes and keep scrolling because I never want to see them at this point yeah but even when I got home we were so shocked it was out of nowhere he just dropped I mean my partner got he humored me we were we both didn't even know what to do with ourselves we sat on his dog bed like we we're sobbing and I just took a picture and I never looked at it again. I felt like a, I just felt like I needed to do that. And I didn't know why I didn't question it. I did it. I still don't want to look at them. Yeah. Maybe one day I will, maybe one day I won't. But like the comfort that I have of like something so huge happened, the hugest thing that's happened in my life so far in a bad way. I know that I documented it in some way and that's there. And if I want to look at it, if I want to go under the hood and look at it, I can. And if not, I won't, but like making a permanent, a permanent decision of not taking a photo because it's too much to bear in the moment. Um, it could be the right decision for you, but it also could close an opportunity that would be healing later. I think the, uh, the word opportunity is the thing because it's, mm-hmm. it's these, these are the moments that are they're really, really hard to put words to. The words don't exist. I mean, even still, could you even put words to that experience for yourself? Yeah. No, but you have a photo and the opportunity, the option to choose to revisit it along with all of the words that you're going to know and feel and see and hear in your mind when you see that picture, mm-hmm. if you choose, right? But I think the idea is that you have the option. You have mm-hmm. the choice that exists. and. And it might be really healing for you someday Mm -hmm. or like whatever, put your own situation in this people. And and just like, it could be the thing that you need to see to be like, I'm not her anymore. That's not me. I'm not there. Or how the, how am I still here? (laughs) Right? Like that's helpful too. (laughs) Like, can you even believe that your whole family like looks at those photos? Like off, like yearly. That's it is. And it's also for people who were not involved in that experience. When you try to talk about it, it's just words. You don't understand, nor should you like, thank God people don't understand. I would have that, you know, but yeah. when you then pull this little book out and you show them and they can see it, they feel it. They're there yeah. with you in a way that 
you're not with just words, you know, you're not. And, um, that is helpful. I know for us and our family in feeling seen and acknowledged and feeling like we can share our story, you know, telling stories and sharing those with people is so huge. It's so important. And, and yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know. I've never thought about this before. So you're kind of like getting these thoughts in real time, I guess, but (laughs) this is not a plug either. Like this is just genuinely like I, I, I'm, I'm realizing how interesting um, I, because I think we do get often like, oh, you can't just be in the moment. You have to be documenting all of it. And listen, there is a level of that that is for sure, for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even myself, like I have chosen to just say like, okay, I have enough of this moment. For me today in this, I actually just want to be here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when it's helpful to have something to tell the story and help mm-hmm. you revisit that present moment, that's, you know? Mm. Mm. You know, it's like just making the decision, exactly what you just said. You're like, okay, I have enough. I'm going to be here. Yeah. Or I don't even want one. I'm going to be just making that decision that takes you like half of a millisecond you're like do I want it or not and also the opportunity of like when you take the photo is it a quick snapshot because you're like I literally just want to have this and and then whatever or is it no I want to take a photo like I want to really because when you take a photo how I not only think that it doesn't have to be a barrier to presence but actually can help you be more present is because you're making so many like people think oh I'm not creative or like I take shitty photos you don't understand how intricate and how many decisions go into taking a fucking snapshot like you're literally choosing you have three you have a million options you're like no i'm this i this is i'm responding to this i'm going whether it's funny dramatic serious beautiful i'm doing this and i'm going to choose how far in this frame i go zoom in or zoom out and i'm going. you know what i mean like there's just so much that people downplay and don't understand that they're doing and that's why i think that there's like literally like going through your photo scroll is like a sense of self-discovery it's like like oh like i was feeling disconnected from i'm like you know when you're with your partner you're like i feel very disconnected from you even though we're like with each other in the same house and then i did my monthly like i looked at the photos from the last month there's like none of him i'm like if you're not in my photo scroll then i feel like that's not a coincidence (laughs) this is my proof i'm telling you yeah crazy i feel that i feel that yeah that was just such an interesting way of kind of connecting all of this um about being present yeah Mm. My gosh, I, we went on a beautiful tangent that I'm like, so (laughs) I like literally like my, but before we wrap up, I really, I think that there's such a huge opportunity and I don't want to miss it in talking about how this presence that we're talking to really deeply lends itself to the work that you do. And I, I want to get into that. So can you talk about how, like what role that you think that that plays in and you know, how you experience it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So I think everybody can agree that food is really emotional, good and bad, right? Like we're just, we in our society tend to be connected to it in a really emotional, big way. And so when you're sick, when you're sick and you don't have a choice, you have to make a change or else you continue to feel like garbage. 
um, that's a big deal. You know, it feels like a lot of your decisions are being taken away from you. It feels like you're at the mercy of, you know, like being undone by a piece of cheese, right? Like it's just really, it is is a big thing. And because of that, you know, the clarity individually for yourself gets clouded really, really quickly. And I, I know this because I see it as a practitioner and I feel it as a patient. Like I am not my own clinician. I tried it. (laughs) I did. And it was, you know, helpful in a sense. And like, just simply not enough because it's too, it's too much. You need your own person and you need that other person to show up for you the way that you're doing, you know, in my case, the way that I'm doing for for my people. And a part of what I'm realizing, right, is, is that first of all, strata, that's the name of my practice, representing layers. Every single one of us has so many layers that make us who we are. Layers of our health that brought us to where we are right now, where you're sitting in front of me and we're doing this work. And part of those layers don't got anything to do with, with personal, with, with physical health. They don't. They're impacting your physical health, but that's not where they're coming from. And I am realizing more and more my job on the other side of the screen, so to speak, is sometimes less about telling people recommendations and more about asking them questions that are going to help them understand their own situation a little bit better, right? If they have to explain it to me, it means they have to explain it to themselves in order to do that. And it's really enlightening sometimes. And, and those questions are, are, you know, it's not just, well, tell me what you've eaten today. You know, sometimes it's, you know, who's living in your house with you right now? Are you the only little girl in a house full of men who are, you know, doing things that work perfectly for their health. And that's the only modeling that you're receiving. Do I need to help you understand that in order to heal as a young woman, that's not going to work. That doesn't have anything to do with nutrition. That's Mm -hmm. trying to tap into what's going on for this person right now. And it's not easy. Like, please let me just say, this is not a, like, (laughs) I hit the nail on the head every time. Right. No, but I think what what I'm trying to say is like the, the awareness that that's an essential, essential piece of doing deep and connected healing work. It has to be there. You know, sometimes it's, um, you know, what happened around this period of time? Oh, well, I went out to eat. No, 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 no. What happened? What was going on in your life? Oh, well, I had just given birth. (laughs) Okay. Well, here we go. Now we're into it. Or, you know, I, I experienced this traumatic thing as a child. There is such a huge and, and like shockingly devastating connection between abuse and trauma and gut health. So I'm just going to throw that one out there. You guys, if, if, if you have been dealing with GI issues or autoimmune disease, like there is a huge connection between unsettled trauma and, and abuse childhood or not. And the impact that that 
has on your mental state and therefore your gut because the gut and the brain send messages back and forth. There is a literal physical connection through your vagus nerve. And when you are dealing with emotional distress, your mind and your brain obviously take that on and then inform your gut accordingly and vice versa, right? Like it's insane. It is so wild. And so to ignore that fact, to ignore that piece, to not ask those questions when I'm dealing with digestive health would be a huge disservice. But people don't want to hear that sometimes because it's hard. It's really hard. And I meet people where they are. That's okay. No problem. But I want you to know that this is not going to go away. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Like if you've got a pathogen, sure, yes, we can kill that off and and that will be fine. But it's not, it's not all of what's under the hood, so to speak. Right. So what are, that's, I didn't know that, that is, Mm. I didn't know any of that. That's so fascinating. What is my, my first question is what are the symptoms that people are coming to you for? Mm. Um, Mm. What is like this, the symptom, like the surface, like here I am of, of everything that's going on under the hood. Yes. Yes. Okay. So the top ones are this heartburn bloating or like I wake up and I look like I'm four months pregnant, even though I'm not type of feeling. Yeah. Yes. Yep. You're seeing, I see you. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of constipation, diarrhea, a lot of people who are told you have IBS and then they were handed like a low FODMAP sheet to follow. And I have no idea what that means because it's super complicated. And the people who are handing them the sheet also don't know what it is because they were never taught. It's not their job to know, right? It's very, it's a whole thing. So um, (laughs) a lot of people who are just completely exhausted, like zero energy, migraines, joint pain, uh, brain fog is a huge one. Brain fog is a huge one. Yeah, it's all of these things that connect you, your brain and your gut, they each inform each other. So the cool thing is that, you know, if one is messy, the other is messy, which means Mm -hmm. that if you clean one up, you're going to help yourself start to clean the other up. So, Mm -hmm. so it does, it is, I mean, even in the science, it's called a bi-directional pathway, um, which just means that you impact one, you impact both. Uh, so from a healing perspective, that's great. Bang for your buck, right? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So that's, those are the things. And I mean, I think you and I can speak to this, having an autoimmune disease where you feel like no matter what you do, you're not feeling better is a special type of hell. It really is. It's really. And so if you are one of those people, I just encourage you to think about the fact that I mean, 70 to 80%, depending on where you're reading it, of your immune system resides in your gut. And when you're talking Mm. about an autoimmune disease where your body is attacking itself, you have to look at the gut. You can't get away from it. You have to address or uncover or identify what's what's happening there in order to really, really be able um, to heal. It's just what we know now, you know, and, and, um, not to say that you shouldn't take a medication, not to say that there aren't other methods because there are, I think it, maybe it just depends on what, what type of healing are you looking for? What are you interested in for yourself? If you want the deep dive, if you want to really get to the bottom, to the root of things, you got to get to the bottom and the root of things, which is the gut, at least in part. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's so crazy. It's, I feel like at first, at first glance, someone might think, oh, this person wants to talk to me about my emotional state. Like that's the woo part of this, but it's like, no, you're like, no, there's like a literal yes. <laughs> like scientific. Bingo. You nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. This is, there's nothing woo about it. I mean, you can yeah. make it that way if you'd like, because there's pieces yeah. of that that are also very, very impactful and real. But if that's not who you are, like, don't worry, you're still welcome at this table. <laughs> there is right. an, a physical, literal connection mm-hmm. through one of those cranial nerves. So, you know, that's interesting. And this is what I mean. Like, people don't know that. Why would you? Exactly. Like, why would why you would know you? that? And you, it's like so... Hu- just was your you said you you took psychology as well yeah my undergraduate degree is in psychology I have a bachelor's in psychology is that required for your field of work or no 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 most people just do nutrition as an undergrad and then get a master's in it you're doing nutrition counseling like for all of the therapists out there I want you to know I completely respect what you do and I do refer out often, mm. often, like mm-hmm. it's, it's essential that is outside of my scope. But I do think just the same way that a therapist, a mental health therapist might recognize the need to send somebody to a dietitian. It's the same thing. Like there's, there's a lot of overlap there because, because there is, you can't get away. No, from it. this is the gold of what you're saying is like you, the connection, the connecting points, the connecting of these worlds, because all of them are like worlds but like the fact that you're able to at least have like a more a a heftier grasp because you did study psychology in your undergrad to know what to at least recognize to be able to like help inform because I would I mean even I I have an autoimmune disease and like some of the things that you just called out that I'm very familiar with (laughs) I I would not even think like up until recently that I'm now having more gut problems and like super bloated and whatever. Yeah. I wouldn't have even identified for myself like, oh, I should see someone like Kylie like at all because I'm just now having these issues and I, it's not even in my realm. So like, it's just fascinating and also beautiful. It just all the more reason why you're so unique in like what you're doing. And also I just, it all still comes back to in a weird way. Again, the hashtag, not a plug. Yeah. Present. Because it's like, it's just all of it is about like getting quiet and like really focusing in and distilling down to like, okay, no, but what's really the source of what's happening so that we can have like a long standing, like sustainable, not a quick fix, like real deep healing. Totally. And in order to do that, you need to take action. Like, I know that we're talking about very like soft, fluffy, emotional stuff, but like when I'm working with people, there is a very, very specific accountability. Like there's a, you are here, you're choosing to be here. You're choosing to pay me. We're going to take action there. And we just need to, we need information that will help us inform the action Mm -hmm. so that Yes, correct. The right action, because you've already done a lot of this stuff on your own. By the time people come to me, like this is, they're not new to this. They've tried a million things. They've gone to a million people. They've taken a trillion supplements. They've paid a ton of money, right? It's about dialing in where are your priorities? Why? And what 
action are you going to take right or wrong? You're going to be doing something period. Mm -hmm. Like they're there. How do we move forward? Always moving forward. And sometimes Mm -hmm. moving forward to our point and just connecting all of this means staying still. That's a hard truth for people, myself included. Mm, yeah. Damn, Kylie. <laughs> Damn. Oh, this, this. This has been a powerhouse conversation. Can I just say that? Oh, Do you remember my. when I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to say. So whatever comes I knew it was going to be good. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'm about to get really meta here. <gasps> Do it. I guess really meta. Um, so you said you don't know what there is to say. I wasn't as quote unquote prepared as I usually was because of my crap day and my migraine for the last almost three days. And I just knew that going into it, we both had no choice, but to be fully present with each other. It's <laughs> so This was very, this was... <laughs> You know, Brian was saying like, well, what are you going to talk about? It's like, I don't really know. Well, what's our podcast about? Like, what's the episode about? It's like, it's a good question. I don't <laughs> really know. Like, it didn't matter. It was about like showing up and just kind of being, pre- I love that. That was <laughs> cut. And <laughs> that was it right there. You did it. We did it. Oh my God. Thank oh, you. Thank I, you I mean- for doing this. Thank you for asking me on. Thank you for being a person in this world that I can be me with. It's, it's such a gift. Thank you. Ditto, ditto, ditto. I mean, you have no choice. You have to come back at some point. Um, Kylie has a, speaking of, can you tell us a little bit about where we can find you? We're going to put all your links in the show notes, but Kylie has a podcast as well. So if Ah. you are like, Oh my God, give me some more of this. Um, tell us where to find you. Thank you. I do. That's right. I do have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do. I co-host, um, the curious women podcast with my uh, soul friend and colleague Meg. Um, and we talk about women's health issues that actually end up being all people's health issues. There are a few topics that are like the menstrual cycle where, you know, you don't have a uterus. It's not really going to be interesting to you, but <laughs> which I actually am going to tell you that episode, we explained the entire, the entire menstrual or our guest Jillian did. Brian now has an, a total understanding. Uh, listen, get your men to listen to this episode. <laughs> It will change your world. I am not shitting you. If I'm not in the mood, for example, I'll be like, oh, you're on your luteal phase. I understand you're looting. He made it. Uh, yes, he calls it looting. Oh, are you I'm looting? I have a follow-up question. Yes. Did you force him to listen to this or did he listen to it just like, because he usually does, because Ben does not listen to my podcast, nor do I really want him to. But <laughs> That's really funny. It's a good question. I think, I think more so he hears me recording it. He's like there oh, live for it. Yes. Oh. And, um, and then I drill it into his head. Like, I want you to understand <laughs> this is not my choice. Like, don't you think women would also just want to be like running around feeling like they want to have sex all the time? Like, I bet that that would be great. I'm so happy for you. Thanks a lot. Let me teach you about this menstrual cycle. Okay. <laughs> 
Oh my god! So nonetheless, oh yes, god. that's the um, that's the Curious Women podcast. It is a hoot. It really, our goal is to give people really, really valuable information and action steps, but also to just make you laugh. We have a we have a fun, a, a lot of fun. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm at the Gut Therapist. So the period Gut Period Therapist, and um stratanutrition.com is my website. Awesome. We'll have all of that in the show notes so, for easy access. Um, Perfect. Thank you. I know. I know. The one Thank and only. You. Thank you. Until so next much. time. Until next time. To be continued. To be continued. If you enjoyed this episode and want to get in on actual conversations with me, join the Help Me See podcast private Facebook group. Every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be hopping on live for Q&A on the latest episode and for free consulting if you need a bit of help thinking about ways to save your memories. Did you get something out of this episode? I really, really, really hope you did. And I would love to hear from you. I'm on a mission to empower you to feel peace knowing that you are not missing your life. One of the best ways that you can support me is leaving a review. And honestly, I'd rather hear about the memory you saved because of this podcast rather than any kind of accolade. Tell me how this podcast has impacted you. And one, I'll probably cry. (laughs) And two, I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. Take a minute and head out to the link in the bio to write a review now on the podcast.